When I used to go to commercial gyms, the worst time of the year was always the first two weeks of the year. Everybody set their New Year's resolutions, and they came to the gym, and they got in my way. But it was nice because it only lasted for a couple of weeks. People gave up on the resolutions and returned to their former ways of life. And part of why it was annoying is because they didn't stick with it. It would have been different if they were there and persevered and endured. And it's easier to get behind that sort of transition, which is always good. And I think we can sort of do the same thing with our spiritual life. Lent is obviously a very intense time. Time we're meant to pour ourselves completely into the practice of our faith, trying to grow in virtue, right? Put ourselves in a position to be opened to God's grace. But for too many of us, we sort of put ourselves out there for a week or two, we return to our former ways of life. Our readings today, each one of them in their own way, speak to us of how difficult it is to be a follower of Christ, how difficult this season in particular can be. And so I want to encourage you to carefully examine how you've begun these holy days. How have you handed yourself over to God? How have you truly tried to open yourselves up to his grace? I mentioned on Ash Wednesday that we should sort of have mixed emotions as the season comes around. I know that I do every year. There should be part of us that's expecting with great anticipation the good that can be done, the growth by God's grace that we can have. And Aquinas tells us grace builds upon and perfects nature, which means we still put in the work, but God elevates that work to a higher level. There should also be a part of us that dreads it, because it's hard, it's demanding. And by the end of Lent, we know that we will be tired. It's something just for us to keep in mind as we enter into these days, maybe to re-examine, especially for the next couple of weeks. Make sure that we're truly open to God's grace. And we get these 40 days from the many different times that we see 40 throughout the scriptures, but probably most succinctly, we look to Jesus' 40 days in the gospel. Right after his baptism, Jesus goes out into the wilderness. And as we've said many times, Mark is very to the point, very pithy. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. It's important to know that Jesus enters into this trial for 40 days so he can be like us in all things but sin, so that he can know what it means to be tempted by Satan. All the temptations, all the struggles that we deal with, Satan would have tried to use to draw Jesus away from his mission, the Father's plan. Luckily, our Lord stayed faithful. But in the fullness of his humanity, he would have been open to those temptations. And we know in the other passages of this account, he refutes the enemy with the scriptures, quoting passages, which is why it is important for us to make sure that we are reading the scriptures, reading the word of God, putting ourselves in a position to have an answer to any of those attacks as they come to us. Hopefully the readings from the Mass, the readings we do, just sort of play in the background of our mind throughout our days. But because we don't go through these 40 days the way that Jesus did, so we have them given to us in just one single sentence in Mark's account. We miss the sight of how difficult this would have been. This wasn't 40 days of fasting and giving up chocolate or not watching as much TV or music or whatever we're, we're doing in this season. In the comfort of our home, comfort of our cars, luxuries we still have. This was out in the middle of the wilderness. Our Lord had to perpetually be on guard. Mark goes on to say he was among the wild beasts. 
All of the world was against him. So he had to stay vigilant. He had to persevere. He had to endure. That's a reminder for us, again, of how difficult these days are intended to be. Now, each one of us is in a different place in our spiritual journey. Every one of us is in a different place physically. We have to take all of those things into account. Wherever we are, I want to encourage you to make sure that you're truly challenging yourself. That you're truly allowing yourselves to be pushed to your limit. When we do that, we keep our eye focused on the prize. Easter. It's only six weeks away. We know that this season will eventually pass. We'll eventually move into the joy of the resurrection. We'll be able to relax a little bit in our life. Now, not all the way. At least go back a little bit. Some of the comforts. But hopefully in greater virtue. Greater growth. Our first reading and our second reading both talk about the ark. Noah. And the flood. When we hear this story, what people tend to focus on, at least what I have people bring up to me very often, is how rude God is. How mean he is because he killed everybody. What they tend to miss is the information that we're given right before that. Where we're told that among all of humanity, every thought, every deed, every action was evil. Not most, not some, all of the people, everything they did. They accepted things contrary to God, to the depths of who they were. And that message is the exact same for them as it is for us. Jesus tells us very, very clearly, if you let that evil penetrate you, you will die. He speaks, of course, of hell. And nobody speaks of it more in the scripture than Jesus himself, trying to remind us of why we need to stay on the straight and the narrow. And so what we do in this Lenten season is we fight against those evil tendencies that we ourselves have given into areas where we sin, especially our habitual sins, especially those ones that we struggle with on a regular basis. What we tend to not focus on is it would have taken Noah a very long time to build that ark. And that our theologians throughout the years and our spiritual masters have pointed out the fact that if anybody else wanted to have gotten on the boat, they could have. They could have been saved. Salvation was available to them. They just rejected it. And as we've said before, every time we see a boat or an ark or a ship in the scriptures, our mind is meant to go to the church. And so again, to put it in the language of Jesus, they failed to get inside the church. They stayed away from Christ. And that's what led to their damnation, to their death. And the church holds that up as one of the images for us to contemplate in these opening days of this holy season. Again, seeing right before us, here is salvation. Here is your opportunity at life. Take advantage. And we're told, and Peter points this out, our first pope, that there were eight people on the ark. Every time we see eight, we want to think of new creation. To go into all of that's a homily for another day. But in short, we have in Genesis, God creates in seven days. And the way especially John tells his gospel, Jesus dies And then the eighth day is the resurrection. It's a new creation. Starting over, God bringing good things out of dead things. Which happens with the ark, which is what can happen in our souls. And all the penances, all of the prayers, all the fastings, all the almsgiving we do in this season are meant to open us up to that grace, open us up to that life, to get our hearts ready to receive the fullness of the goodness that God has in store for each one of us. And so again, please prayerfully consider, make sure that we're buying into this season the entirety of who we are. 
allowing ourselves to very much be put into an uncomfortable position. It's only 40 days. Every one of us can do that. As we continue in our Mass today, let us pray in thanksgiving for the gift of this season. Let us pray in thanksgiving for all the ways in which the Lord draws us closer to him. Let us pray that we can completely hand ourselves over to our Lord.